Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly. All you have to do is place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I am joined by Nick Horwat, and we are here excited to talk about a little bit of Penguins news. Just a sliver of Penguins news coming across the wire as we are in the dog days of summer for the NHL. Not much news to be had, really, across the entire NHL. Specifically for the Penguins, definitely not much going on, but we have a little bit to talk about. And then we're also going to get into our favorite Penguins postseason series of all time. That will be in the second segment. And since it's a Thursday episode, we will finish it off, as always, with our shout-outs and call-outs. Horwat, before we get into all of this, I want to ask you, were you okay with the NHL helmet advertisements last season? I was, uh, I was perfectly okay with it. As a matter of fact, I know where you're going with this because the jersey ads became um, official for 2022-23. Whenever we had the discussion about the helmet ads last season, we had the discussion that, hey, these are the helmet ads are probably here to stay and are probably going to grow into a jersey advertising. And now here we are, and people seem upset about it, I think. Mm Twitter seems to be very, hey, we're going to joke about this, but we're also kind of upset about it. But we also, a lot of Twitter seemed very okay with the helmet ads last year. So I don't know what the hell to believe. We all knew this was coming. I don't know why anybody is surprised. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's my take on it. I think some of the jokes have been pretty funny so far. But, yeah, it's it's a whole whole lot of Hubble... Hullabaloo? Yes, hullabaloo about nothing so far. Yeah, news broke on Tuesday from Sportico.com. They had the scoop on it, and it is the fact that at 2022-23, we will be seeing jersey ads start to come across. No real idea as to what those might look like. Obviously, it's very new news, so no idea as to who each team's 
advertiser will be. But realistically, yes, it all started with the helmet ads last year. And the reason for that was the COVID-19 pandemic and the NHL trying to get back money that they lost due to the pandemic. And the fact is they're still behind the eight ball and they're still going to be behind the eight ball for a couple of seasons. Hence the reason we have a flat salary cap next year. It might go up a million dollars, but that's after two straight years of a flat cap. So yes, the NHL is hurting a little bit for money. They saw success when it came to the helmet ads. I know people were about 50, 50 on whether or not they were okay with the helmet ads versus not okay. But I feel like once the season got started, once we saw them on a regular basis, people didn't really care that much. It was rocky at first, but after a while, people were just like, okay, fine, it's a helmet ad. It doesn't really make a difference to what I'm watching. And you know what? It's not going to make a difference on your jersey either, especially when it's a little patch right here. It's mm-hmm. not going to be much. I mean, let's if you really do want to put it into perspective, um, whenever I was a child and kind of growing up, I never really realized that soccer clubs had actual logos like the main thing on their jersey and it all has almost always been this way is just a big company advertised advertisement like and that's the i don't know the world's largest sport in popularity i don't think there's too many people that are you know crying about giant ads in soccer i get that you know it's the world's most popular sport they could take those away, though. If they really wanted to, they could take away the the Chevrolet ad across um, Man, Man United City. jerseys. Or Man United, yeah. Um, or I think it's Xbox for the Seattle Sounders, or at least it mm-hmm. used to be. You could take those away, and maybe not the MLS, but worldwide, most of those teams in the leagues, fine. They're going to move right along like nothing happened. But they keep them there because they're making that much more money. Mm-hmm. And it's not a slight on the game it doesn't take away from the experience people are still buying soccer jerseys for themselves and their families with giant corporate ads on them because they don't sell them with the regular logo which you would think but no it's the big old corporate ad and one of the questions i'm now asking is are they going to be on the jerseys they sell because i doubt it like the jersey you buy in the store i highly doubt will have the big UPMC patch on it or whatever the Penguins get. It, well, I mean, probably UPMC. We'll talk about that in a yeah. second. But I, I feel like they will be, though, because okay. when you look at official game, like, not official game use, obviously game right. use is going to yeah. have that on, but, like, official gear, that's part of the official patch, and, and that's part of the merchandising, and that's something that the NHL will charge for. It's like, hey, it's going to be on stuff we sell, so is- that might add to it. I'm not exactly sure, but I would imagine that they would have it on jerseys that you could buy, at least officially, from Adidas. Are they are they on the NBA jerseys that they sell now? Because I remember the NBA started this. Uh, I'm not sure, and that's also what I was going to bring up. I mean, you see the LA Lakers have Wish on all their jerseys from Wish.com. So the NBA just recently, I believe it was two seasons ago or, seasons or last ago. It was season. like right before the pandemic, I think. Yeah, they started using jersey advertisements as well, and there was a lot to be said about that. And at this point, nobody really cares Uh, after two, what, two years later, nobody really cares. But I think there's also a different vibe around hockey fans that they hold these jerseys sacred. I saw our friends at the Habs nightly saying, are we really going to desecrate a Jersey that has been classic for over a hundred (laughs) years with, by adding an advertisement on, on the crest. 
And yeah, I'm not happy about it. I would prefer to not have them. I understand why you need to have them, but at this point, as long as you do it well, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. They figured it out with the helmet ads to make it look better. Like having the blue PPG paints logo on the black helmet at the start of last season was bad. It looked really bad. So switching it for the white stent, uh, stencil outing of the PPG on the black helmet, that made it better. And they figured that stuff out and it looked fine. And that's why nobody cared about it. Yeah. So I'm sure if you do it the right way, people aren't going to care. But it's still something that it, it sucks to have to do. But the NHL is a business and this is part of that business now. Yeah. And I'm looking at NBA jerseys. It doesn't look like they sell them with um, the lo- with the brands on it. Ah. Um, hmm. I'm going to try and keep double checking that though because I think yeah. I may have seen some before, but um, yeah, it's I get that you don't want to, you know, make a mockery of a classic uniform, but at the same time, it's no offense to Montreal. I get that those jerseys are classic and they are what they are and they you know mean so much to so many people but i like change and it's kind of boring like i like looking back at old jerseys and looking at mont you get to montreal's and you're like well this is boring it's just the same thing since the beginning like where's the new stuff like something new or where's the change or that's kind of why i enjoyed seeing them in blue this for the reverse retro it was different it was exciting it was new i like change in that sort of sense i get ads are a bit of a different change um but hey for what it's worth i'm sure we will handle it way better than whenever baseball decided to start putting nike logos on the front of everything and yankee fans decided to freak out for no reason because it's not like it's an advertiser that's just who makes the jersey i mean it is technically an advertisement you stick a logo on everything and you're advertising it but i understand i understand your your premise is the fact that you are not really married to the idea of the sacredness of a jersey. I'm not when it really. comes to when it comes to corporate sponsors and stuff like that. I still have a little bit of ties to that, and it still is going to be weird seeing it. But I think it's going to be the same thing as the helmet ads. Once you get over the fact that it is different, once you get over the fact that they did do it in a tasteful way, which it's weird saying a tasteful way about a hockey jersey, but if they do it in the correct way, where it doesn't look gaudy, it doesn't look over the top ridiculous. By the halfway point of the season, people aren't going to give a crap. Most people aren't going to give a crap. There's still going to be those holdovers that are going to be like, listen, this is still stupid. Like, I still hate it. And I get that. But in the end of it all, it's really about the NHL as a business and the fact that they lost so much money and now they're just trying to recoup some of that. Yeah, it's... I saw a tweet that said this wouldn't be happening if they knew how to market their brand. I think this would still be happening if friggin' pandemic happened, okay? A yeah. pandemic kind of wiped out quite a lot of money. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I mean, when whenever you run a professional sports league, not you know, mm-hmm. not a minor league team, when you run a professional sports league where multiple teams um, could threaten to go under at any given moment, um, this is helpful. This is something. Um, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe the NHL will sell jerseys um, you know, in the team store that have these tiny patches on them, and maybe that's a way to get, you know, a little bit more money recouped for these teams. But no, I mean, at the end of the day, more than likely, no one's gonna stop going to the games. No one's gonna stop mm-hmm. watching. I think you'll see those threats like, "Oh, I'm gonna stop watching." Okay, give it a few weeks. I guarantee they're, you know, bitching about someone not being good enough. 
or someone's contract not being right. You know, it's yeah. We're let's complain about the real things here, and that is someone not being good enough or someone's bad contract, right? Or somebody being really good. Let's have conversations about that too, not yeah, just the negatives about the sport. I know, I'm just saying, like people are going to be negative <laughs> yeah. about everything because no one is. You can't please anyone these days, and yeah. it's. Uh, I, I'm not excited about it either, but mm. I understand that this is a business. I understand that, holy hell, did it? Did this business lose a lot of money? I understand that even in a regular season, some of these teams, I can't remember specific ones, but some of these teams are barely breaking even. Um, and, you know, they're all trying to win. Yep. So it's... It hurts. I don't think it lo- I don't think it takes away from the integrity of the game in any sort of way. I just think um, they're just doing what they got to do, and if we're lucky, it doesn't stick around. How about that? Think of yeah. that. Be positive. Maybe it doesn't stick around forever. Possibly. And the NHL held out a lot longer than some sports. Obviously, you you talked about soccer is is the major one that has that. The NBA a couple years ago broke the seal and that's what the nhl did last year they broke the seal with the helmet ads and you had to figure once the seal was broken and they start seeing that ad revenue money coming in from just something as simple as that you had to figure they were going to start tacking on with stuff like jersey ads possibly different types of advertising i wouldn't be surprised if we had division advertise or division sponsors this year like we did last year with mass mutual and honda so i'm sure that there's still going to be more things similar to this that break through and I'm sure there's still going to be people that are going to be upset about it. I probably will be upset about it too, to some extent. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that it's all about the almighty dollar for the oh, NHL. Oh, absolutely. You want to know one thing, another thing I'm actually kind of surprised about? Mm-hmm. Um, I know soccer does this, and I can't think of too many other sports that do this. But each team has their own sort of um, jersey sponsor. Like, mm-hmm. I think Nike does trying to remember specific teams now i think they do like real madrid is nike and then like puma does a ton of the italian teams could you imagine that in hockey where it's like hey adidas got you know this team oh yeah no i I can't imagine that but because that open the thing is like that opens the door for this is more of like a design thing now and whether or not you like a jersey it opens the door for so many different like design ideas and um not going into that reebok that that reebok edge situation where there are these eight basic designs, and you follow those eight with your colors and logos. Mm-hmm. Whereas, at least with Adidas, it's a little more open. I mean, I know we know um, Carolina kind of went back to their old school um, a little Whalers bit. They're like forms. with their like uh, the flag, sort of. I forget what it's called now. Oh their, yeah, the, the uh, hurricane flag, I guess. Yeah, that little patch, and then the they did their away canes. Like, there's Adidas opened it a little bit where you can have a little bit more of a creativity but i that think i think that would be fun but that's a whole nother story down for a whole yeah. other conversation for down the line when this contract ends and maybe people want to dive into hockey it would just be interesting because i know that's something that soccer does and i don't know if they do it in between leagues though now that i'm kind of thinking mm-hmm. at it i don't know if that's between leagues or just teams but soccer yeah. is also massive it makes no sense well yeah exactly uh before we move on i do want to ask one Quick question, Horat, who do you think is going to be the Penguins' first jersey sponsor? So, are they? Will they try and match the helmet and the jersey? I wouldn't. No. I okay. mean, I, 
You just have to ask them to up the contract, up the money that, that they're paying, I guess. Well, yeah, I would go differently. Obviously, you want to get as much money as you possibly can yeah. if you're doing this. I've seen some good memes already. I think I saw a picture of Yuso Ricola with the Ricola logo. Um, <laughs> I saw an edit of Shenderovic, Shenderovic, and Fishman on the, on the patch. thought that was really funny. But in reality, they were PPG, right? It was just PPG on both. It was PPG on the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and UPMC, UPMC's patch is on the Penguins practice yeah, jerseys that's what already. I was going to say. I think UPMC <laughs> might be the answer because they are already on the practice jerseys. So we're going to go UPMC final answer. And do I have a backup? What's a big local brand? It's a fun one. What's a fun one? Iron City. Iron can we, City. Can we get beer ads? Are we allowed that? I wouldn't see why not. I think that would actually look pretty good on a pittsburgh penguins i don't not the red logo but if you got the iron city light logo or, yeah, or light. the black and yeah get the black and gold icy light logo on there i think that would look good it's just the I, I think realistically <laughs> yeah honestly i think the realistic choice is it's going to be upmc i could also see ppg buying it outright and just yeah. being like you know what i want to be on both and it matches that's why but that's realistically why it's that. not going to be anybody else <laughs> Nobody just, else has the money to outbid those two. I just thought Iron City was a fun one. Oh, maybe even Bet Rivers. There's one. Bet Rivers, possibly. I mean, Permanis doesn't probably have the money to do it, but that would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Bet Rivers might be a good one, too, because they could just do something small and simple. Just a, that little R. Boom. Don't you Penguins fans won't even notice it. Yeah. I mean, that would look good. I mean, I think the point is it needs to be minimalist, whatever Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. You don't need a lot going on on a tiny little patch. Yeah. And just given the way that, like, hockey jerseys are designed i think that's kind of what makes uh soccer's like kits so like they're able to do that logo thing because they're not stitched the same way yeah it's very much like an under armor shirt printed on and it can mm -hmm. kind of flex like that whereas you can't do that with a giant corporate logo on a hockey yeah. jersey it's not going to flex the same way so now the question is and we're not going to have to actually go through it now is once you get to the stanley cup finals you have if you're a captain you have a captain's patch a stanley cup finals patch and your patch for your advertisement. So we'll see how they mess around with that. We I, know bet, I bet the finals the, patch goes on the sleeve. Probably on the sleeve. I would imagine. That's what the Penguins... Well, no, the Penguins put their 50th anniversary patch on the sleeve for the for the finals whenever they had it, I thought. Uh, oh, they must have. Now I don't I remember. believe they did. But, I mean, we'll, we'll check into that after we finish recording. But we're going to move on to a small bit of Pittsburgh Penguins news. The Penguins hired... Alex Schall as director of hockey operations. He will aid the Penguins and management, specifically Ron Hextall, in player contract negotiations. He will be managing the salary cap, among other hockey responsibilities. Now, not much to be said about Schall. We don't really know too, too much about him, other than he has been a player agent for the past nine seasons. And prior to that, he actually was a player, independent player agent, and started his own firm. So, self-starter. That's always nice to have in the Penguins organization and a guy that is going to be there and try to help out Ron Hextall. He's a guy that has talked to Ron Hextall at least negotiated with Ron Hextall in the past because his most notable client was James Van Riemsdyk, <laughs> who played for the Philadelphia Flyers when Hextall was the GM there. So Alex Schall, the new director of Hockey Ops. Horwat, do you have anything on Schall or just another move that we're going to have to watch and see his performance as the season goes along? Uh, his job description has to do with contract negotiating and keeping an eye on the salary cap so it's good to have a basically a cap wizard i guess 
in a sense on the team and someone yeah. to really throw more blame at if we be, if we get stuck in cap hell again like this is <laughs> this is his doing we now know this we have a name it's not just the organization mm-hmm. that, exactly. that's all i got to it's just more businessmen making business decisions for the business yep 100 percent. so we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna tell you our favorite penguins postseason series of all time we'll be right back this is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. We talked a lot about recent news, recent things that have come up in the Penguins news as well. Let's dive back a little bit because both of us enjoy whenever we get to take a step back and look into the past. We're going to talk about our favorite postseason series of all time for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And for us, I would imagine that's probably going to be since the Sidney Crosby era, at least, because those are the ones that we have watched. So, Horwat, I'll let you lead us off. What is your favorite Penguins postseason series of all time? Oh, batting leadoff. Okay, so this is very difficult because I like taking in every aspect of a hockey game possible, and especially over a course of seven games. You like seeing the the drama, the skill, the close games, the overtimes, the blowouts. One series that I feel like had all of that was the um, Eastern Conference semifinals of 2017. Now, I get we talk about this series a lot against Ottawa. I understand that. You mean the Eastern Conference finals? Is that what I said? You yes. said semifinals, and I was about to... Was Stanley about to Cup out. semifinals. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Blank, uh, brain fog. But yeah, that one. We I get we talk about it a lot. But uh, it happened when we were, what, 20, right? Like Around 19, there, yeah. 19, 20 years old. So we were able to very much remember it. We were able to very much take it all in as more adults, I guess, rather than kids, whereas, you know, when we're watching the 08 or, or 09 um, playoffs, we just know that they were happening. We know that we had a very good team, and we're not, you know, diving too deep into all the details, whereas... With this one, we knew all the details. It's, you know, this Ottawa team that I don't remember how good or bad they were, but I mean, looking at to where they, looking at where they are now, it's a bit of a shock they made it that far. They were a goal away from being in the finals, and now they've done nothing since. Um, but it's a it's a series that went seven games strong. I believe had they at least had one overtime. I don't remember if it had multiple. Um, Whenever it happened, we didn't realize it was going to be Marc-Andre Fleury's last game as a Penguin. Um, the first two games were, I remember being very close. We lost the first one. I believe that was one nothing in overtime, actually. Or something it along was, those lines. Yeah, it was something along those lines. It was very low scoring. Maybe so two was game two. And game two was one nothing regular. Um, regulation. Regulation right. time. I remember being at that game because it was a Phil Kessel goal. Mm-hmm. off of a very awkward block shot rebound it was an incredible goal and then obviously there's game seven that oh yeah i guess there was multiple overtimes eh <laughs> <laughs> then there was game seven which I, we don't need to dive into that again find just hit a random episode i'm sure we talk about it yeah um yeah then there was that game seven being at again i'm a little partial to it because i was at quite a few of those games out of the four at least two and i think Mm -hmm. we blew them out one game that i think i was at too so i made three of those four home games 
Yeah, I was at that blowout when they won seven to one or eight to one or something like that. I think that was game five. Yeah, it had to be five because mm-hmm. we lost one, one two. I think lost the two away, right? Yeah, we didn't go. No, we didn't. We didn't lose both away. Well, they we won, won game five, six? lost game six, and won game seven. So we split both. Got it. But yeah, uh, yeah. You'd think I know this series like the back of my hand. Like all my <laughs> favorite, but I'm just kind of shooting. Shooting off the side a little, but it's still it's what it did to that organization too. And they have it's not yeah. that what it's not that the Kunitz goal in that in that series just actually destroyed the Ottawa organization. It everything imploded from within. It's just a fun little thing to say. Hey, this team that just can't get the wheels on right now mm-hmm. was literally a goal away in one overtime to two overtimes from making the Stanley Cup final, and. It would have been an entertaining one. That team may have done something against Nashville because Nashville came in as a very injured team and a very beatable team. I don't want to say that, you know, because, I mean, we didn't steamroll them. I'm not going to say that Ottawa would have steamrolled them, but it would have been a fun series that may have, shit, flipped the tide of that organization. But now here they are in the doldrums of the NHL, right? And now Murray is there. Yeah. So it's – I'd like that – uh, series just because of it had everything and it kind of destroyed an organization in a way yeah that was the Guy Boucher yeah. lockdown 1-3-1 Ottawa Senators team and if you look at some of the players on that team that was some of the best hockey Eric Carlson has ever played Craig Anderson was amazing yeah. that postseason JG Pajot yep was very good that postseason. I believe that was the same postseason he had four goals against the New York Rangers in one game. So So he was really good. Ryan Dezingle was really good. Mark Stone, that was a coming out party for him. Now all these guys are gone. It was the heel Mark Stone before he had his face turn in Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) It was was heel Mark Stone. And just that team was very underrated in terms of who was on there. Bobby Ryan was on that team and was still decent at the time. I mean, Bobby Ryan was pretty good at the beginning of last season, but I understand what you mean. I think he had a couple of goals that series. I, mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, nothing that year. I'm trying to remember their defense, but... I believe Derek Broussard was also... I think he was. ...on that team as well for Ottawa. I mean, it. you look back and the fact that that's only four years ago and what where they were at, first of all, in the playoffs, and secondly, what their lineup looked like, it's crazy how much has changed and there, there's really it's Ant- not that much of a joke when you say chris kunitz ended that era of senators hockey the and I, from what i be- remember i believe the entire roster has turned over like there's not a single player on that team there anymore that's sad um that's very sad i'm trying to pull up the roster right now if these ads would go away <laughs> yeah hockey reference what are you doing there we go. <laughs> um but i can remember like that team was stacked. I just don't remember who played defense there, aside from... Uh, Cody Ceci? Yes, Cody Ceci was on that team. Mike Condon, <laughs> uh, in goal. Oh, yeah, Derek Broussard, Mark Barowiecki, Cody Ceci. Thomas Shabbat was there, but I don't know if he was there there yet. He wasn't the Thomas Shabbat that's getting paid eight million or eight some million dollars right now. It was it was young Thomas Shabbat for yeah. sure. But I Mark mean Mathon, that team. Dion was different. Dion Phaneuf was there because I can remember <laughs> Malkin chirping the hell out of him at one point because that was that series too. So that team, it had its old guards like Dion and yeah, he wasn't old, but Carlson. Um, 
but then it also had a bunch of those young kids, like you mentioned Pajot, Mark Stone before he turned face, and Dezingle was good. That was his good year, I think. Everything yeah, of- that was the year that kind of garnered him a lot of respect around the league, and which is why he kept getting traded for so much more than he was probably worth. And Dezingle was the one that forced the overtimes in Game mm-hmm. 7. He scored that exactly. rebound. So, yeah. It's a hell of a series. It was just a fun hockey series. If you want to... If, if you were to ask me also, like, that's probably my favorite series in terms of a good hockey series. I was just a quick second answer for most fun series that is just most memorable to me. It's mm-hmm. the Flyers Penguins 2012, just because it was a yeah. dog show, like, mm-hmm. beginning to end. So there are my answers. Yeah, 100% for sure. I think I don't have too fond of memories about that Senator series just, series just because of how frustrating it was playing against Guy Boucher's team and I mean totally they fair. were the Islanders before the Islanders they yeah. were the Barry Trotz Islanders before the Barry Trotz Islanders were a thing so they did a really really fantastic job in that postseason and they pushed the Penguins to the limit which is probably one of the best Penguins teams in 2017 which is ironically why my favorite Penguins postseason series of basically I don't know why we said all time it's basically our lifetime yeah. is how we should have led this is the series just prior to that the 2017 Eastern Conference mm-hmm. semifinals against the Washington Capitals. I loved how coming into that series as well, the Penguins were still underdogs, especially considering what they had done to the Capitals just the year prior. It could have been the worst series of all time if they would have actually finished off blowing that 3-1 to series lead because people forget they had a 3-1 series lead in 2017 and it took Game 7 in Washington to clinch. And realistically, being able to win that Game 7 in Washington had... Real 2009 vibes for the Pittsburgh Penguins because in 2009 they were three and one. Or sorry, not in 2009. In 2017 they were three and one in Washington. That is great road hockey, which is something that is very understated about those Penguins championship teams. Is they played extremely well away from PPG Paints Arena, and they did so in that series as well. Three and one in that series. It was sweet to finish off the Capitals in Washington. It was sweet to get a 29 save shutout. From Marc-Andre Fleury, which at this point, that still stands as basically his swan song. Yeah. As a Pittsburgh Penguin. And, and, you know, the stick save on Alex Ovechkin, mirroring a huge glove save from 2009. And then, of course, the gif and meme that came out of it. It's just that entire series. Something about a Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguin series is always going to stand out in my memory. But that one specifically, especially you go into, you know, the Brian Russ Game 7 goal, the Patrick Hornfist Game 7 goal to put it away and make it 2-0. That stands out to me as some of the most fun I've ever had watching a hockey series. So that is why that one is my most memorable, most favorite. And it's weird to say that neither of us actually picked one of the three series that we watched the Penguins lift the Stanley Cup in. I was but... trying to kind of stay away from those because those are too obvious, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I genuinely... I hated Nashville so much, like, at that time. I think um, I put that one down a little bit more just because I did not like Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, 2009, I just don't I remember mean, enough of it, man. Gotta be honest. The 2009 series was probably the best Penguins-Stanley Cup Finals yeah, series. When it comes to watching. But, yeah, because 2016, yeah. also, as fun as it was, let's be honest, this series was kind of boring. Right? To an extent. Yeah, I mean, we had you, you had Jonas Donskoy scoring in overtime in Game 3. You had the Connor Sherry scoring Sherry. in Game 2 in overtime. You had Benino scoring late in Game 1. It was just 
it was all very good hockey and they were all actually really good games it was just something felt like it was missing in 2016 it wasn't yeah it was kind of like it felt good at the time and i don't know how else to put it but it also you look at the matchup and i get that all of espn predicted san jose Mm -hmm. but you know you remember all the matchups from the old from the old uh cup wins you know the north stars an iconic team that is now in dallas um the blackhawks a historic team a you know original six that had hashik as a backup um detroit well it was the rematch year there's a little story there and it's also another original six team san jose okay what are they doing here and then nashville where nashville you can at least argue they had a coming out party that year by way of that fan base grew into something special for them as much as we may not have liked it that was something special to the sport and something special to nashville and it was a back-to-back year so it felt a little more special whereas again san jose was the first of a back-to-back and you kind of just look at it as especially with what the team is now what were they doing there aside from being a powerhouse in the west at the time what were they doing there yeah it was finally the first time that san jose got over the hump and didn't self-destruct in the postseason but i think the biggest issue when it came to looking at that series and looking back at that series is the penguins almost expected to win that series it was it was almost written kind of in the stars whenever you think about the fact that what they went through to beat the washington capitals absolutely steamrolling the rangers and and getting rid of all the demons from the two years prior because they had been knocked out back-to-back years by the rangers and then beating the tampa Tampa bay lightning in a seven game series still probably one of the best hockey series when you want to look at offense and overall skill and talent and that was andre vasilevsky's coming out party yeah so you looked at all those series leading up to it and it seemed like the finals fell fell short and that's why it's not as memorable to all of us but i mean realistically this just shows how much we enjoyed the 2017 run considering your favorite is the conference finals my favorite is the conference semifinals the columbus series was and the (laughs) predators series was i mean it was great it was a lot of fun and you learned to hate the nashville predators fan base absolutely and i think the thing with the columbus series was it was it wasn't the same columbus team that we had um faced a few years prior in the playoffs it was a new team but they felt worse yeah because the way we just came in fucked shit up and left it's the i don't know how else to put it we dismantled them in five games and jake gensel and Sidney crosby beat them basically yeah that was that was that was the end of the story nobody else needed to score besides those two yeah it's (laughs) and that was yeah and that was a flurry series but still Mm -hmm. it felt you know like hey flurry found his footing again everyone should be worried because that's really what that series felt like until he inevitably not fell apart but um had his couple of bad games at the wrong time yeah exactly so Obviously, we want you guys to let us know what is your favorite Pittsburgh post. Eh, wow, what is your favorite Pittsburgh Penguins postseason series of your time? That's a real tongue twister there. I didn't there even notice go. that. But send us a message at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter or at the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know what your favorite is. Really quickly before we go to our shoutouts and callouts, Horwat, what was your least favorite? Least, um, and why is it the 2013 Eastern Conference Finals against Boston? That's a good answer. I didn't even think of that. Maybe because I blocked that one out from my memory so much. 
I mean, we only scored two goals in four games. Uh, I like that answer. I'm going to use that answer, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to um, the closing of the Igloo against Montreal 2010 mm. yeah. because it closed the Igloo and because, I don't know, that series just didn't feel right. I get Halak ousted the Capitals the series prior, but something felt wrong there. I don't and again, that's one of those old ones that we don't remember much. Mm-hmm. But um, I learned quite a bit about every playoff series going back and writing my story about all of our playoff runs. Quick third one. I, I know 2011, like both Crosby and Malkin were hurt. But there's something about that team make, making that a seven-game series anyway. I mean, uh, that team having a 3-1 series lead. Yeah. That hurts that we lost that one. Yeah. Dwayne Rolison will forever live in infamy in Pittsburgh because of that. Uh, Definitely. What's your, what's your mean, least favorite? Though? I mean, my least Boston. favorite is 2013. It is Boston. It is. Just because, you know, that was the end of the short but very fun Jerome Ginla run in the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins organization. That and then you had guys like James Neal, who was in his freaking prime with Evgeny Malkin. UC Jokinen, which is why I wore the number 36 in high school. And Brendan Morrow. Like, people forget Brendan oh, Morrow yeah. all the time when talking about that team. So, I Don't love worry. that team. Doug Murray. Yeah, and well, Doug Murray was he was he was there. He was um, definitely there. Would we but, have yeah, lost no. to Chicago in the finals anyway? Yes, but Absolutely. I at least we would have been like it's just because of how embarrassingly we got beat by Boston. It's not the fact that we lost to the Boston Bruins. It's the fact that we not only got swept in the conference finals, not only was Thomas Vokun the guy in net, but we scored two whole goals when we had probably one of the most offensively firepowered forward cores. Of the Penguins Crosby era. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what bothered me the most, I think. That's fair. And, I mean, yeah, we probably would have gotten sent packing by the Blackhawks, but that's because I stand by it, dude. I think it was um, Josh Yoey tweeted mm-hmm. out not that long ago that it's a shame that we never got to see those two face off in the finals in their te- in each team's primes. Yeah. Um, we couldn't beat them in each of our primes. We couldn't. We, could, we couldn't beat them in the regular season. Yeah, and I get that the playoffs and uh, Stanley Cup finals are different. We may have been able to put up a bit of a different fight, but if anyone remembers our radio show, if, anybody, yeah. if any of you were listening to that, I brought up multiple times that we had not beaten them since... What was the year? It was twenty. Like, it was like twenty thirteen or twenty twelve. Like thirteen or twelve. It was a long time. We would not mm-hmm. have beaten them in the finals. I don't think we may put up a fight. Maybe made it six. I don't think we would have beaten them. And I'm a and I am a guy that will always pick the Penguins to win anyway. I would not have been confident in that series, yeah. man. That you always bring that up every single time we play the Chicago Blackhawks. And You're hey, probably going to bring it up for our home opener this we year. We get to knock it out earlier this year though, and because yep. it gets flurry, it'll be at least a little more fun to watch. Yep, we'll see how that all works out. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll finish off this show with our shout-outs and call-outs. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Got a lot of great opportunities on college football lines coming up with the college football season starting and with the NFL season just around the corner. So make sure you use promo code THPN for great odds boosts and great opportunities at DraftKings. Horwat, shoutouts and callouts. One of our favorite things to do. We've been doing this shoutouts and callouts every week. For over a year now. I thought about it because I got a Snapchat memory two weeks ago and forgot to mention it. 
on the last couple of times we've done it, but August 1st of 2020, in Megan's family cabin, up in oh yeah, bumfuck nowhere, Pennsylvania, Warren, PA, <laughs> Warren, PA, we had our first shoutouts and callouts right after the Penguins lost in Game One to the Montreal Canadiens, and now. Over a year later, we've done it every single week since. So, Horat, let's do it. Shoutouts and callouts. Well, Who my, are you shouting out? Well, my last few shoutouts and callouts have been uh, very driven in my mind. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off. I'm gonna ease off the off the gas a little bit on these. So where are we starting with again? I missed it. Shoutouts. Shout happy right. happy thoughts. Happy thoughts, and I'm just gonna shout out the return of concerts. I got to go back to work at Stage AE. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was a little hoarse because I had to wear a mask, but that's okay. Again, that's an old call out of mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just good that concerts are back. Tours are coming back. The day this episode comes out, I'm gonna be at a Green Day concert, which is hey. great. I've had those tickets for like two years now. <laughs> Thank you, pandemic. And basically, but uh, hey, at least I've like kind of recouped the money I spent on them at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, hey, the return of live music, the return of concerts, and yeah, it's, it's just good it's good fun stuff. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet to the point this week, too. Yeah, no problem. I'm about two months out from my first concert back. Hopefully, and nothing gets shut down by then. But let's continue just moving on then. Uh, my shout-out for this week goes to Pirates outfielder Brian Reynolds. I can't speak today, but we're still going to try <laughs> to, to talk about Brian Reynolds. He's continuing to be the main attraction for the Pittsburgh Pirates through the latter half of this season since they traded... Adam Frazier, he has been basically the guy to watch for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he has not disappointed. As of this recording, actually, I need to fix those numbers because I put these numbers down a while ago, but he has been on a defensive tear since the All-Star break. If you look back to Saturday's game last week against the Brewers, that throwout from deep center field and tossing a guy out at the plate is just kind of a sample size of the ability that he has had since the All-Star break. It seems like everything that goes to center field isn't out nowadays because he's making diving catches. He's robbing home runs. He's tossing people out. He's doing a really good job at being an entertaining player for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. I mean, they've had a better season this year than last, and there's a lot to be excited for if you're a Pirates fan, but it's still the MLB product is is lacking a little bit. And most of this is just to say that he's in serious contention for gold glove this year. Yeah. Gold Glove, I think I saw he was like one of the top contenders for the MVP, which... In the NL, there's not a lot of people that are going to It's just a, votes. It's just a bunch of Dodgers and then Brian Reynolds. Uh, yeah, I would say Fernando Tatis, but he's been injured a couple times. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's funny you mentioned that uh, that his throwout from center. Uh, Megan and I were at that game and uh, we're getting beer refills at the time of the play, so Aww. we missed it. Um but, shame yeah but uh we heard the reaction and the replay mm-hmm. looked cool so hey um, <laughs> uh yeah no the fact that a pirate is yet again getting mvp nods recognition good stuff man he's the one we're building the team around so you got to mm-hmm. enjoy it right exactly so enjoy the fact that i've also met brian reynolds and sold him a suit in the past but um (laughs) no now that i actually have his stat line up the correct and accurate stat line as of this recording he's batting 309 with 21 home runs and 71 rbis a 926 ops so yeah he's having a great season and the only thing that makes me a little upset is looking and seeing how much better starling Marte's offensive numbers have been but (laughs) 
yeah, if you need a team to root for in the postseason, go root for the Oakland Athletics yeah. if you like Starlin Marte and if you like Josh Harrison because he's there now too. And they're awesome green uniforms and maybe possibly their last season in Oakland. Yeah, and Moneyball was cool, so. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. But then again, I don't know. I got. I just I could, can't remember the jokes now. But, hey, it was a good movie. Uh, but uh, that team didn't win, so. Mm-hmm. You got to love Chris Pratt in roles that nobody remembers him for. But also, I want to subsequently shout out the MLB for the Field of Dreams game last week. That oh, was yeah. just absolutely awesome. Tim Anderson's walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth to win 9-8 to eight after the Yankees had just scored four runs in the top of the ninth to get the lead. That was just an amazing atmosphere and just really cool, especially bringing in guys like Kevin Costner and, and doing the intro through the cornfield. I think that was just one of the things that MLB has just – no pun intended, hit the ball out of the park on. And yeah. it's not often that you get to say that. Are you on team Sandlot for the next, for the next? Yes, uh-huh. definitely. Bring I'm Benny, the jet Rodriguez, the dog in the outfield. I, the dog I like in the that. outfield. I'm more on the team of, uh, what's it called? Like one of those fields from backyard baseball. I saw that one going yeah. around too, but those, that would be damn near impossible, but, um, that's a fun one. Yeah. And also the guy from TikTok that, is you throw ball like a girl he's on tiktok now and he looks weirdly oh. like a man child oh what's his name what was i don't his remember name? his actual name he was the catcher yeah you're killing me smalls yeah that, yeah, that, that guy that, that definitely guy. bring him back as well you know what's funny too is the main character in that show is the one that nobody remembers but <laughs> in the sh- you mean the movie the movie yeah oh benny no, oh, Benny was not the, the, the main, main guy. Kid, yeah. Exactly what I, exactly my point. People remember Benny. People remember you're killing me, Smalls, but they don't remember the actual main guy. Yeah. But while we're talking about movies, I guess that's a good time to move over to my call out because I'm calling out Warner Brothers. That Suicide Squad reboot was trash. Really, I saw I mean, a lot it, of good things about it. It was not worse than the first one. The first one was really, really bad. And James Gunn, who is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy as well in the Marvel Universe, did a really good job making stuff interesting. I thought John Cena's character, when I thought it was going to be stupid, actually ended up being pretty good. And obviously, you cannot hate Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I think it's it's indicative that she is now, historically, one of the most synonymous actors to superhero roles that you can remember. But it just felt a little too gimmicky to me it really did like guardians was gimmicky i get that and i get that this was not supposed to be guardians but it kind of felt like you were trying to make it like that so it just and the beginning of the movie was all over the place i know a lot of people liked it and i I see why you liked it because it was better as far as what warner brothers has done but it just didn't have that balance that makes you care about the characters as much as normal james gunn films do ladies and gentlemen tip of the icebergs resident movie buff um, hey <laughs> You've talked about movies and Shadows and Callouts quite often. I remember you talked about Tenet a long time ago. Yeah, I talk about movies a lot because movies, I, I don't know, I love movies. Oh yeah, I gotta start listening to more albums and calling out albums or something like that. There you go. They, that, that's our thing. Your music um, on movies. Yeah, we need a TV person. <laughs> I can do TV too. I just finished Game of Thrones. It was trash. Okay. <laughs> I've heard the ending was bad. The end was trash, yes. Um, I, I, I can give you old sitcom synopsis um yeah i know nothing about the movie i've i've saw i saw reviews that said it was really good so um it's good it's nice hearing a different review just because superhero movies are not my dig yes at all so i know 
I've tried for several years, but uh, to no avail. Everyone's tried. Hey, you know what? The first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire was good, and uh, Deadpool is Deadpool's good. So if Tobey Maguire is in the third Spider-Man, would you watch it? No, because the other two are in it too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want well, Tobey Mac enough. back now. Um, no, I'm kidding. I, I probably still won't get around to it just because. Because <laughs> it's a superhero movie. And because man, movies cost money. Fair. But um, you know what else costs money? Uh, the electricity at my house, or my house, my apartment, which I'm calling out uh, this recent weather in Pittsburgh that knocked my electricity out for about 18 hours. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I was trying to work from home at the fan whenever I'm in the middle of writing a story that Jeff Hathorne sent me to write about. It was about Joe Schobert, actually, uh, recent uh, acquisition from the Steelers. At about 9.30, power goes out. I'm like, okay, wait this one out. Email Jeff. Hey, might not be able to finish this. And then it doesn't come back on until the next day. So Ooh. I had to, you know, do the old sleep in the heat. Um, uh. I had to sh- shower in the dark. Hmm. Uh, that one's not fun. I had to work the next morning. That was even better. Having to wake up and there's still no electricity. I had to use a portable charger to charge my phone. Um, Sounds like you had a great day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had to worry about everything in the fridge and freezer for a day. Mm-hmm. You know usual adult stuff but hey you know what everything turned back on and now i think the apartment building the entire building i think is still only it's not still at half power but half the lights are still out in the hallway but <laughs> they're, when the, they're running on reserve power still <laughs> well when the power came back on here the building was at half power but we were one of the lucky rooms yeah so we've had power ever since and Oof. it has stormed again since then so yeah um and i think it's supposed to rain all week yeah, so I got drenched last night at work. It was not fun. Yeah. Didn't have my rain jacket on. And Gotta love yeah. the weather, man. Pittsburgh, PA weather. <laughs> exactly. But uh, that is going to do it for this episode of The Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Let us know, who do you think should be the first jersey sponsor for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Like I said, message us at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter, at The Tip of the Iceberg Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Send us those messages. Let us know. But that's going to be it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Have a good one, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.